This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to-market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Antoine Ray from Global Ambitions, and I will be your host today. And today, my guest is Paulina Michaels from Creative Tribe. And Paulina, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Maybe I'll let you introduce yourself and let us know what it is that you do at a Creative Tribes. Sure. So Creative Tribe is a company focusing on international content creation, SEO localization, transcreation, everything that has marketing and creative aspects to it. That's something we're interested in. Okay, very good. And today, specifically, we will be talking about international content creation. So the format of our podcast is 15 minutes. It's sharp, short, and actionable. So let me dive straight into it, Paulina, if you don't mind. The first question that I have for you that I'm interested in is to understand what are the trends and challenges that you've observed in terms of international content creation? Sure. So there is a rising trend in uh, creating content content directly in the target language. It's much easier to identify trends and content that is relevant for the target market that way instead of localizing it from, from English. Main challenges, I would say, is primarily cost. It's it's much more it's much more expensive to create content directly in the target language. And there's also a matter of transferring the power to the provider and the copywriter. When you don't have an internal resource that speaks the language, you somehow rely on your provider and and your copywriter that is working for you to give you ideas and to make sure that the content is is relevant. There's also, what I've seen is lack of ideas. Some of the companies that create content, they focus on using that content to market their service or product instead of providing solutions or answers to to questions that people uh, look for online. So each each of the pieces on the on their blog looks like a pitch instead of something that offers actionable advice and actionable items that they can use in their in their company or whatever they're doing. So there, those are two two things that I think are relevant here. Okay, thanks very much for that. That's very interesting. And so you you're saying that you're seeing people more and more like instead of adapting from a source English usually that they are creating content directly in the target market, correct? Correct, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Yes. so we'll go into maybe what are the perceived you know, uh, benefits and challenges associated with that. Working with various companies, I presume that you might have observed what are the different mistakes, the pitfalls to avoid when you decide to go and create international content. Can mm-hmm. you t- tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. Sure. So uh, first and foremost, translating directly, especially translating keywords, that's something that is unforgivable unforgivable in content creation. So when you decide to to translate, that's already that's already a mistake because you don't really know if that content is relevant for the market that you're translating into or localizing into. So that's a big no-no. It's definitely better to go straight to content creation, especially if you're dealing with markets that are culturally different and culturally further from from your source uh, market. Again, using content to boast about your product. That's something that I have seen many, many times. It's uh, it's a big no-no. Instead of 
because what it does instead of converting that that person that's reading the content into a user or into a buyer it feels like they're taking part in a constant pitch and nobody wants that when you look for information on, on the internet you want to read useful content that brings answers to your questions and not tries to sell you a service or a product there's also an issue of lack of ideas when it comes to when it comes to content a big thing lately has been productivity at work because of covid and working from home etc and i have seen loads of pieces of content that speak about productivity and speak about productivity when you're working from home but how is that relevant to their service or product or to the service or product that the company is selling is not clear for me you have to think about how stuff that you're working that you're writing about is relevant for for your potential for your readers nobody will look for content about mm, work productivity on a website that relates to something entirely different i don't know a website about i don't know microsoft or software but on the other hand if you're focusing or if you're selling software or service that has something to do with productivity like for instance is it a chat or or a, or a program that focuses on making you more productive at work that's that's relevant so i think those those are biggest don'ts so to to sum up translating directly especially when it comes to keywords using content to boast about your product or service instead of answering relevant questions and creating content that is not relevant to your service and doesn't give you an opportunity to convert readers into buyers or users okay so these are the main big no no to avoid when you're uh, creating internet trying to create international content as opposed to translating it from a, a source language okay yeah and in terms of like so if we go the other side uh, of the coin here these are the mistakes to avoid what are the best practices that you would recommend when someone engage uh, embarks onto a project of creating content in a different country and different <laughs> language Sure. So everything starts with keywords. It always starts with keywords. It's a it's a really powerful tool that gives you a great overview of what you should be talking about to be uh, searchable and to be relevant to your users. So you start with that. You start with researching your target keywords in any of the languages that you want to create content in. Apart from being SEO relevant, because people search for keywords. It is a really powerful tool to give you ideas on what to write about. So you start with that. You research keywords, you check for keywords that are related to your competitors, you make sure that you identify keywords that you are able to to target without having to uh, having to fight for users with your competitors. When you have that list, you make sure that that keyword is a used in the content, but firstly, it's used in the URL, so in the in the small link with your content you have to use that keyword there to to be able to leverage that keyword best when it comes to content itself the copy it has to mention the keyword in the first 200 words it has to have that keyword in the in something that's called h1 tag which is just a headline so you have when you're using headlines in the content you have to use that keyword that you've chosen in your headline then when you have second and third headline you can populate that keyword or you can use secondary and and other keywords that you've chosen for that content that are somehow uh, related to the main one that you've chosen for each url you should have 
three to five keywords identified that you should be using throughout the content. And there should always be a primary keyword and secondary and tertiary keywords that you would be using then. When it comes to the structure of the content, it has to be broken up into smaller blocks. So it's easier to scan and easier to read. Anything you can add to the content, such as videos, images, screenshots, slideshows, is super useful because it makes the content more uh, interesting. Something that people don't remember to do is internal and external linking. So when you have a website that you, for instance, your that piece of content we're talking about is a blog, make sure that you use internal linking to direct users to other posts on your blog through adding links to relevant, relevant keywords. What, what, what does that do then? It's something that is, it makes the content, it, the more links you have uh, overall in, in many pieces of content, uh, the easier it is for search engines to search for them. So that's one, that's the, the technical aspect, but also it's more engaging. If a user sees that something that he's also interested in is linked in the text, he'll go to another blog or another piece of content and read that and stay on your website for longer. So that helps you that helps you to keep them engaged while they're reading that content. But there's also something called external linking, and that is uh, an entirely technical aspect. But you should have you should have one to two external links that you use. So, for instance, when you're quoting um, some kind of research, make sure to use a link that directs users to that research that you're quoting. It also in, it increases the visibility of your content. And the more uh, authoritative the sites are, the better uh, ranked they are, the, the better. If you link to a website that no one visits, that doesn't really matter. But if you link to a website that has very relevant content and is visited by many users, that's a very good thing to do. It usually works with, uh, with linking to tools that you're speaking about, linking to research that you, that you quote, etc. Uh, to kind of close off, when you have your content ready, there's one very important element that many people omit, that, that is meta description and meta, meta title. So these small chunks of content that appear when you search for something in, in Google or any other search engine, that small chunk of content that appears in the search result, that's a meta description. You have to write that. Otherwise, the search engine will use the first few sentences of your content. But that won't necessarily answer the question that the user has, what the content is about. So you should use it wisely to give a short overview of what your post or what your content is about to make them click and make them make them go and read your content. And make you sure use to use your SEO keywords in that exactly. description. Okay. Yes, yes. So you have to use that keyword in that meta description as well. And then your meta title and meta description. There's also one important thing. If you decide to use images or slideshows or, or videos in the content, make sure to add file names and something called alt text to the images. It's even better if they can contain the keyword because not only users search for content, but they also search for images. So the more the more packed with keywords is your content in relevant places, the better for your content because it's searched from different angles, so to speak. And that's 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 basically it, the, the checklist that you have to go through to make sure that your content is on spot. No, very insightful. Uh, thanks, Paulina. And why, why do you think like a lot of the trends that you've observed, a lot of companies are moving, you know, maybe away from content adaptation to actually creating international content directly? Mm -hmm. As I as I mentioned at the very beginning, I think 
companies are starting to realize that each market is different in terms of what users are searching for. What is relevant on the US market will not be relevant in my favorite is Japanese market that has a completely different way of working, completely way of different of thinking. They look for different things. They, they are on a different level when it comes to technology. They use technology in a, in a different way. And when you translate something that is relevant for, for the US users, it will be absolutely useless for, for anyone in Japan. So first you have to find out what these users are searching for. Again, mm-hmm. keywords that give you an, an idea of that. Um, and create content that is clickable for them, something that they want to, that the Japanese want to click, want to read. Very good. Well, listen, Paulina, thank you very much for those uh, insights. I'm sure like our listeners will uh, find uh, some nuggets that they can use in their own international content creation or even the decision to uh, create international content. Last question I have for you, your partner of our podcast, you'll be live uh, on our Global Ambition page there. Anyone that you would recommend that would benefit uh, that person as well as our listeners to join this podcast or participate in this podcast? Yeah. Sure. I think uh, it would be great to speak to CEO of XCRF, Andrei Nadoma. Yeah, I think he'll be able to give great insights on how to adapt using TMS in your company. Okay. But do's and don'ts. Yeah. So a way to install, like to, to have a sudden uh, change in your approach and maturity of uh, your localization exactly. uh, offices, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll uh, reach out to him then. Paulina, again, thank you very much for participating in our podcast and we'll talk thank to you, you very soon again. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.